Okay, people, we're going to try this one more time. <laughs> Round two. We did the <laughs> coolest episode last week. <laughs> we recorded an hour and 20 minute episode. <laughs> and it was like the best content. It was really good. It was all Taylor. I sat there and kind of commented, but it was all <laughs> you did Taylor. did a great job commenting. Thank you. But then <laughs> Skylar sounded like a chipmunk the we- entire episode couldn't fix it for an hour and almost a half yep it was fine because i was super sniffly that day yeah now i just sound like i had a lot of brain farts during that episode as well so maybe it worked out for the best i know everything happens for a reason maybe something that was recorded shouldn't have been recorded maybe i mean i haven't seen any signs of that but like it's fine (laughs) it's fine we're fine and now we're redoing it so that you can all get this wonderful content it's gonna be great. I'm not butthurt by any means. Nope, not at all. And by not at all, I mean completely, but it's fine. <laughs> and thank you all for those that listen. I know, yeah. like, we just took kind of a week off. I think after that, we were a little, uh, I was so drained. Sad. We were upset and drained. And I, I remember leaving here feeling very, like, anxious and distraught. So I was gonna say, we both had, like, a minor panic attack yeah at least I did like I had to go outside yeah and like kind of recenter myself I think missed the next day of work too Mm because you weren't feeling well so I know I think it it worked out too much at one time yeah but we're here now we're back at it baby this is the podcast titled teachers talk oh yeah that's (laughs) us (laughs) if you didn't know that already my name is Taylor Taiji T Brown, Brown, whatever you want to call me. Call her TGB. Oh, TGB. I like that one. That's true. You do call me. I was like, you've heard me call you that before. True. (laughs) Um, I'm over here (laughs) as well. I was like, are you going to introduce yourself? Nah, not me. Uh, Uh, Miss Maroy says the uh, children call me. Um, It's really funny when I see the kids outside of school because obviously they still call me Miss Maroy. So like, if I'm babysitting or whatever it is, and we're like in a store or wherever we are, and it's just like Miss Maroy, and it's just like natural. Like I don't think anything of it, but then I think about it. I'm like, wow, we're in public, and these kids are. (laughs) calling me Miss I know Morris. right but it would Even feel weird if they called me Skylar so that's what yeah that's me though I'm Skylar at Sky Skylar at Sky Skylar Taylor calls me that's so. I do call you that that's yeah. your Instagram handle right uh no no my email oh <laughs> <laughs> the fact that I know that that's it's fine. so funny but welcome welcome um, to the podcast I some parents have told me that they listen now so hi <gasps> hi new parents that now listen I hope you listen to this episode but yeah, we, if, let me get my thoughts words. straight, yeah. words, we received some like messages and emails this week about new listeners and yeah. how they're tuning into our weekly episodes and then we totally skipped a week. So we're back, we're here, we're, we're ready. Here. We made it. <laughs> and yeah. yeah, so, oh my gosh, you know what I didn't do? Hmm. I didn't open up the document of what we had two weeks ago and I feel like we should do a little refresh before we get in, right? Oh, you're lost. Yeah. Because the last time we recorded, we were in Flagstaff, and it was alto on, alto, also <laughs> on gentle discipline. Yeah. So and that's what today is, kind of an extension, and Taylor's taken over I'm again. taking the lead again, because me, my nerdy brain couldn't get enough of just one part. <laughs> so let's see. Perch. Last time, Perch. y'all. Where were we? We talked about, ooh, yeah, that's right, why children misbehave. Mm-hmm. So we went into the psychological and the physiological triggers. Mm-hmm. So like diet, lack of sleep, lighting, sensory overload, um, communication skills, lack of control, monkey see, monkey do. <laughs> oh, that's that's like a reoccurring one lately in my classroom. Monkey see, monkey do. <laughs> um, a lack of connection with a child, childhood deficit, low self-esteem. So those are all triggers if you need a refresh, go back and listen. I liked it. I no, liked it that episode. episode yeah. <laughs> and then we kind of briefly went into how children learn. So we talked about Maslow or Maslow's um, hierarchy of needs and how different things need to be met before a child can reach like basically their full potential and even learn in general. Mm-hmm. Um, we went over role modeling and developing a growth mindset, which we have an entire episode Number one is on growth mindset. I know. That was our first episode. That was so fun. Um, We talked about schemas, 
and just a good environment. Yeah. And that was it. And then what's... Uh, and then I left you hanging. What's today? Today. Oh, <laughs> I'm so excited to like talk about it again because yeah. I feel like we'll dive even deeper than we did last time. Yeah. So today we're going to start with the problem with common discipline methods and just talk about those, especially like quick fix methods that mm-hmm. we see in our classrooms. And then we're going to take all of that information and then talk about what's going on with school discipline and why it's not necessarily working, which is juicy. Juicy. Juicy, juicy. I'm excited. Me too. It's going to be a good one. Should we we do it? Nah. Let's just, (laughs) goodbye everybody. (laughs) That was it. I'll see you later. (laughs) We just do the summary and then we leave. (laughs) That's what we're, oh, I guess I should tell them what book I'm reading or that I read, huh? Oh yeah. I mean, we said it last time, but now that she actually has it in front of her this time. Yeah, I'm really excited. So, (laughs) <laughs> yeah, because in Flagstaff, I did not. Yeah. So this one is gentle discipline using emotional connection, not punishment, to raise confident, capable kids. And we'll talk about that not punishment part today. Yeah. And it's by Sarah Ockwell Smith. If I am being redundant, it's because I have forgotten what I have mentioned and have not mentioned yeah. due to the episode skip around. Um but I think I mentioned it last time and it got deleted. But she has an entire website, which is, whoa, <laughs> gentleparentinginternational.com. And I definitely high-key went on it back when we were in Flagstaff. Mm. And she has a ton of books on, like, potty training and de- gentle discipline for teenagers specifically and all this stuff. But I pre-ordered her new book, oh. which is something about what's going on in the brain the psychological piece of zero to five-year-olds okay which i'm thrilled all for absolutely thrilled if you know anything about taylor it's that she loves the psychology of children i do which i do too but i think you have more than i have it's just like knowledge so fascinating fascinating to me it really is and i wish that our master because we took one course during our masters on it but I really wish I could have done an entire masters on just child development in every single realm well now that we have one more class then you can just read books (laughs) I'm gonna say never going back I'm done (laughs) thank you yeah thank you we're good I think one masters is plenty I think so too sorry to disappoint you all but a doctorate <laughs> will not be in my future nope not not at all especially after we talked to uh Dr. Atwood at, at <laughs> DA. school and I he told us what a doctorate entails I said nope, absolutely I'm not. good thank you absolutely not but hey to all of you doctors out there say, you go hats off to you you all. go because this was plenty <laughs> <laughs> seven weeks Anyway, anyway, let's jump in. So let's, do it. let's talk about the problem with common discipline methods. Okay. Many of the common discipline methods that are used today are mindful of neither neurological development nor learning. Just prefacing with that. Okay. So Gentle Discipline, this book, is about effective teaching and learning, putting space between your child or student's actions and your reactions, and being mindful about how your discipline will help to shape the individual that you hope your child slash slash student will grow into for the years to come. So just again, to reiterate, this book is kind of based toward parenting, but it's definitely applicable in the classroom. Mm -hmm. And reading this has helped me so much as a teacher kind of step back and reevaluate my mindset in the classroom. So um, let's talk about some quick ineffective quick fix methods okay i said quick twice that's okay my brain is still loading it's a sunday it makes it very clear that they're (laughs) quick you know they're quick and they don't work let's (laughs) just put it that way so punishment is the first one i talk with my hands a lot you do you You guys don't get to see this but i do it's a show we should record it we should so punishment is basically the definition when children are punished they don't feel encouraged to be a better human being instead they feel disconnected um the unwanted behavior may cease temporarily and i think don't record this i see you (laughs) she saw me pull up my phone (laughs) no i got nervous um but 
where was I? The unwanted behavior may cease, but it's only temporary. So no true learning is going to take place after being punished for something. All the child learns is that punishment is associated with a certain behavior. And in order to avoid the punishment, they should avoid the behavior. Okay. Does that make sense? Avoid. Yes. Yeah. Just avoid the behavior. Also, sorry for my sniffles. (laughs) Um, Unfortunately, they have not learned how to handle a situation more effectively, how to be more sociable or how to have better morals and respect for you, essentially. That makes sense. Teaches nothing but fear. And when the fear wears off, the behavior comes back with vengeance i like to say when the fear wears off it like the behavior either returns or resurfaces in a different way way. okay because they're constantly growing and learning and Mm -hmm. eventually the i don't know no sticker is gonna be like (laughs) cool like i don't need that sticker anymore yeah exactly (laughs) or whatever the punishment is yeah so punishment is one quick fix that doesn't work a second one which is kind of like two parts, mm-hmm. classical and operant conditioning. So <laughs> I guess I should have done more research before we came back on this time around. Mm. But classical classical conditioning is an effect discovered by the psychologist Ivan Pavlov. Pretty sure that's how it's pronounced. Pavlov. 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 Pavlov yeah. It explains the learning of a new behavior by the process of association. So classical conditioning can elicit a behavior which is a conditioned response, mm-hmm. but the behavior does not occur because of a change of motivation or true understanding of the impact of a child's behavior. So it can be argued that discipline that relies on classical conditioning is not effective or appropriate. Okay. So my understanding is that basically they are doing something not because they want to or want to achieve a better self, it's just because the ring of a bell or what have you has uh, trained their brain. So is that like, I think I said this. You said it last time. Last the Dwight. Time, the one with yes. the office where. <laughs> yes. <laughs> just, so we good. just watched it recently too where Jim uh, does his little like message sound or whatever. <laughs> and every time he does it, he offers a mint to Dwight. <laughs> and then the last time he does it and Dwight just puts his hand out and he's like, what are you doing? And he is like. I don't know. know what he's doing because he realizes. Yeah, <laughs> so it's funny. like training. A so human. that's classical conditioning. I believe so. Okay. If you are a psychologist and you know more than I, please let me know. Politely. But I am. <laughs> I'm gonna say yes. Okay. But then on the other hand, there's the operant conditioning, which is kind of what I believe to be like a, another step. Mm-hmm. Um, so this one was developed by the psychologist B. F. Skinner. Mm-hmm. And he believed that classical conditioning was just too simple. So he claimed that it was better to look at the causes of certain behaviors and any consequences. So operant conditioning argues that behavior is reinforced. Behavior that is reinforced is strengthened. Mm -hmm. Um, So the ring of the bell gets the mint. The ring of the bell gets the mint. Mm -hmm. That's reinforcing it. Okay. Whereas if you're not reinforcing a behavior, it stops. Okay. So, oh, I ignore that child's tantrum. Mm -hmm. It ends. Okay. Which I think we all know is not true. Not always. (laughs) Which we'll talk about later. Okay. (laughs) Um, But the responses elicit an intrinsically extrinsically excuse me motivated response mm-hmm. again the ring the of mint, the bell yeah whatever is you get the mint um ba 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 extrinsically motivated behavior such as that derived from operate conditioning is good for short-term compliance um but like we said in an earlier episode i want to say like 14 or 15 we talked mm-hmm. about intrinsic versus extrinsic oh yeah uh behavior is only bettered when a child is intrinsically motivated that means they themselves want to do better to be better to change and that's when we see the long-lasting change happen okay so yeah that's one and two so that's physical or sorry classical and operant conditioning correct so you ringing a bell at your child <laughs> is a quick fix okay so <laughs> to get them just remember that they want. <laughs> um a third ineffective quick fix is obviously physical punishment i think we all know that at this point mm. this can be referred to as corporal corporal punishment 
But research shows that in a study of 160,000 children, it suggested that physical punishment increases aggression, antisocial behavior, cognitive difficulties, and mental health problems. Oh, yeah. I mean... I mean, across the board. Yeah. We know that if at this point. If you're hitting your child for doing something they shouldn't have done, then what's to say they won't hit somebody else? And that's what you tend to see. Yeah. You know, I mean, not to say that it's always happening, but yeah. you tend to see um, an increase, obviously, yeah. at school yeah. when it's happening at home or elsewhere. Um, not only does science indicate that physical punishment of children is very damaging, it's also found that... Um, oh. Henry's stealing our microphone. Almost lost my mic. (laughs) Children who are smacked or spanked are more likely to then defy their parents. Mm -hmm. So you're not creating a bond or relationship with your child. You're actually pushing them farther from you. Yeah. And that's like when in my love languages episode two is if your child's Mm. love language is physical touch and you use that against them in punishment, then that's that's going to hurt them even more. I just swallowed my water so loud and I hope it didn't pick up on the microphone. (laughs) I was like, what was that face for? I'll see if I can edit that out. Sorry, y'all. Ew. I have like a, I'm pretty sure most humans hate hearing. Like a gulping sound. Gulping or eating. Yeah. Cannot. So (laughs) I'm sorry. So here's another one. Okay. That I think speaks to, obviously, teaching and parenting Mm -hmm. (laughs) but like really teaching because we are so focused on rewards rewards are a quick fix Mm -hmm. they will not last yeah learn from me if you're a first year teacher like oh my gosh please turn it up right now and play this over and over because I remember that year it was oh my too much gosh we made obviously we were in the same classroom for our first year together yeah Oh, mistake after mistake it after was, mistake. I mean, we had as a as a school wide K two had to use the ladder anyway. Yeah, so, so the ladder had, was we had the ladder. One. We had some star chart. We had a marble jar. Um, I feel we like did money. One. Oh, the money. Yeah, it was just like reward after reward after reward and it was like it would work for you know a few weeks here and there, and then you're like, Crash. Oh, it started to burn out. Yep. So it's just. It was so inconsistent. Yeah. So learn from us and listen to this next part. So rewards. Parents are taught to make a big fist. A big fist. fist, A big Big fist. fist. (laughs) Help. I was reading along with you. And I was like, what is she about to say? (laughs) Oh, my gosh. A big fuss. Make a big fuss over the child and heap on the praise and offer rewards whenever children behave in a desirable way. I think that's been like the norm yeah for so long like i mean get, oh, look at get 100 percent on your yes. spelling test let's go for ice cream whatever it might be right and just like oh my gosh sticker for you sticker for you mm-hmm. all this big stuff yeah. but unfortunately the positive effects of rewards are superficial mm-hmm. which <laughs> we have learned yes um scientific research indicates that this seemingly innocuous method of behavioral control may not provoke the desired learning response in children. It's because it's extrinsically motivated. Yeah. <laughs> not intrinsic. So most concerning is the reward chart can actually negatively af- impact a child's future. Mm-hmm. So you putting on those stickers or you tracking their behavior can impact them long term, which is why I took away all my behavior charts immediately after reading this yeah i had three kids on a behavior chart oh really with like just a check mark smiley face frowny face mm. and their goal was like to sit in their seat yeah i had one Took student on that and it not that he even really needed it it was yeah. more just him calling out constantly but i kind of forgot about it and he forgot about it and yeah no which means he didn't need it so well it really didn't do anything for my children because the behavior persisted yeah you know either way yeah so more research looking at toddlers found that those given a reward for a task were less likely to repeat it a second time without the offer of a reward when compared to children who had not received a reward in the first place Mm. i saw this in my classroom this year i made the very silly mistake of end of day kids are cleaning the classroom right Mm. some at first we're like oh i got you miss brown like 
this is my classroom i'm gonna clean it up too but then a lollipop was thrown out at some point Mm -hmm. and now it's like what can i do for a lollipop what can i do for a lollipop at the end of the day and i'm like nothing like i am kids clean the classroom yeah oh i don't (laughs) floors straight straighten the desks they change the schedule they sharpen the pencils oh dang and and if i'm really lucky Mm -hmm. and they love me that day (laughs) someone will clean the library yeah because that is like i honestly just ask every once in a while i'm like ah, my library is looking a little messy does anybody want to help me and i'll have like four students that are like me 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 yeah and i'll just choose two that's the only thing i let the kids do (laughs) i know oh really not even the pencils oh no i mean those pencils will be destroyed i just don't want to stay and do them i have zero desire to sharpen my own pencils uh yeah i guess my ta does it there you go well that works like during release time oh okay yeah i know claudette usually does too she's so good because we can't (laughs) necessarily trust them to do it at this point (laughs) anyway so behaviors of young children are intrinsically motivated they start fresh right Mm -hmm. like no external rewards but as soon as you offer that lollipop as soon as you offer that sticker as soon as you offer whatever whatever you lose the intrinsic motivation for whatever that behavior activity is. Mm-hmm. So like I just did the example of the classroom. Yeah. Like as soon as that lollipop went out, <laughs> no one wanted to clean the classroom for free. Oh, yeah. You know, no, they're like, why would I do it if I could get a lollipop? Exactly. So um, rewards are a form of operant conditioning, which we were just previously talking about and may temporarily control a child while they're on offer. Mm hmm. Uh, but rewards do nothing to increase intrinsic motivation. So you're really not teaching them to be a better person than <laughs> they started. Yeah. So like I'm not by offering a lollipop teaching my kids to clean the classroom because it's their environment mm-hmm. and they need to keep it tidy. Mm-hmm. I'm teaching them to clean it because they get some sugar. Yeah. Which is frustrating. Which as soon as we ran out, we were like, nope. No more. So now we have like two kids that want to clean oh, which is fine that's a bummer it is what it is i put it on myself it's <laughs> my own punishment my for <laughs> bringing in a reward yeah, yeah. so but no real learning takes place when the child or the children are disciplined using rewards they are complying because they want what's on offer i'm pretty sure i just said that mm. it's fine <laughs> maybe now you um, know again <laughs> but this is why the use of reward charts either have to keep you have to continue using them or you have to grow and make them more extreme, Mm -hmm. which again is what we experienced our first year. You know, it started with one thing and it got bigger and and bigger and the rewards have to get like better. Yeah. Because like you said, like the lollipop only lasts for so long and then you're like, okay, well what else do I have to offer now? Oh, now I'm going to offer a cookie. Who wants Mm -hmm. a cookie? And then you just have to keep going from there. Bigger and bigger. Like I remember when we were doing, um, the marble jar like mm-hmm. a good start something as simple as no homework or I don't know like a pizza party. yeah but yeah. then it was like I want ice cream and I want all the toppings and I want I know I like, and then they're like because it, it's not just like an ice cream sandwich or whatever they're like oh no well am I gonna get whipped cream yeah. on it I'm like you guys oh do you seriously? remember they were like can we have a root beer float party I was like who do you think I am? I know, right? They're like, I'm what? like, I'm paying with my own money for exactly. this, people. They don't understand that, though. I can no, say that all day long. That's true. So using rewards ultimately results in an if-then behavior. And if you would like to raise a child slash student slash human being who wants to help people for no reason mm-hmm. other than the fact that they just like to help people or one that works hard at school simply because they enjoy being bettering themselves then rewards are not the answer please take that into consideration before you have any form of reward system in your classroom yeah or, or at home. home yeah i mean like that, and i hate i don't want to say like no rewards ever you know what i mean right. obviously like if i don't know like there are things that can be rewarded out of just, you know, you want to give something to your child, whatever it might be, but it shouldn't be like, mm-hmm. I don't know, consistent rewards. You know what I didn't say mm-hmm. that I said at the beginning of the last episode that needs to be said? Mm-hmm. This chapter focuses on neurotypical children. Oh, yeah. Which I think is super important to mention because, because there are children 
that experience like what did what do you say atypical neurodevelopment i think so yeah um like, you know um on the spectrum autism adhd add right um obviously are are not the same i mean oh, their, their brains don't function the same right but. and you have to be mindful and cognizant of what you can do to help students and children that have there it is deviations from mm. neurotypical behavior okay um i think it's a good way of putting it but yeah. students with add odd mm. what else does this say um is on the autism spectrum like you said so there are going to be deviations and you will have to obviously appeal to each individual child yes because they are all different yes and you have a class of 30 Mm -hmm. or so yeah just be mindful that every child is different they're gonna react in different ways to different things so and i just see it as too like my class we don't have a marble jar we don't have these things Mm -hmm. and like more recently i've been asking like mr niece and like did we have any like oops forms today for homework i'm Mm -hmm. trying to get them like catch them with no oops forms meaning every single student turned in their homework and then i'll be like hey looks like everyone turned in their homework today maybe we can go out for extra recess like surprise trying to like surprise them with a reward so that it's not like trying to motivate them to do it it's just like they just do it but then that's something different but then i also like i don't have a reward system but i do have a student that needs a reward system so he doesn't have like a behavior chart or his own anything it's Mm -hmm. more just hey you're having a good day today let's Mm -hmm. go out for extra recess and that helps him um significantly Mm -hmm. so like you said there are certain children um their brains work differently yeah and that's just bottom line that's just how it is and that needs to be treated differently yeah and as a teacher you have to be aware of that and you have to like appeal to that you have to know your kids you do and you have to build that relationship with them like one of mine gets lunch every friday regardless just regardless it's just to build rapport and to build a relationship um but yeah back on track which i do want to get back to your conversation of you want to catch them without oops forms Mm -hmm. we will get back to that later on cool um but one more i think one more more yeah one more quick fix that does not work which i remember last time as i was reading this to you it like surprised you i know and i'm gonna try to react the same (laughs) because this one like blew my (laughs) mind so um the last quick fix that doesn't work is distraction and distraction can be actually one of the most damaging discipline tools if it's used too often Mm -hmm. as it prevents children from feeling and expressing and therefore managing their emotions yeah. And it does not teach them anything useful. And I think we can all across the board say as teachers that we have distracted a child from whatever they were feeling if in that moment. I all the time. I yes. do it all the time. Because I mean that's kind of what you're trained to do, you know, is yeah. get back on track because we're on a tight schedule. Yeah. And basically it's like distract, quick fix. Don't distract everyone else around you. Yeah. Get back to the curriculum. Just get over whatever these emotions you're feeling. Yeah. Like, think about something different. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I want to read that page again. I'm going to see if I can find it. Okay. Um, but yeah. children learn socially acceptable behavior and how to self-regulate by being allowed to express how they feel in a safe environment and more specifically in the presence of somebody that they love. Mm-hmm. And you being their teacher and obviously their parent um you are somebody that they love yeah plain and simple and the like like taylor said this time when we recorded this initially this shocked me because this is something that i do all the time if i have a student that's crying and crying and crying and it's like hey what are you doing this weekend like i do anything for them to think of something else but it makes so much sense to not do that now that and i would have never thought of that as like harming them in any way because it's like you just want them to think about something else right um and i even see it as an adult if i'm like feeling overwhelmed or feeling emotional i just have to think of something else because i can't deal with whatever emotion it is that i'm feeling and that's all we've been trained to do yeah you know it's distract distract deny deny so this book has a great scenario, which I want to read mm-hmm. <clears throat> as you take into consider two different situations. So imagine this. 
You had just found out that your partner is cheating on you. You have called your best friend in tears and she has arranged to meet up with you at the local park so that she can comfort you. Now imagine the two of you sitting on a park bench. You start to tell your friend the story and as you do, your bottom lip starts to quiver and tears quickly follow. The more you say, the more you cry until you're sobbing uncontrollably. Your friend may respond in one of two ways. Response one, your friend puts your arm or her arm, excuse me, around you and gently says, it's okay. I'm here. Let it out. You cry a little bit harder and the tears continue to flow for another 10 minutes. But at the end, you feel a mild sense of relief. Feels good just to let out all of your big emotions. Response two, your friend loudly and very enthusiastically points toward the tree and says, look, a squirrel. Can you see the squirrel running up the tree? You look at your friend, bemused, and then she says, look, an ice cream truck. Shall we go get an ice cream? You are so shocked that you stop crying as you begin to walk toward the ice cream truck together. Which, like, response to would aggravate me. Mm. I would be so annoyed if you did that to me. As an adult, yeah. Be like, oh my gosh, Taylor, look, coffee. I'd be like, yeah, I love coffee. I'm dealing with something right now. (laughs) But just, oh, there was a day last week oh man what happened i was like not okay and i just cried oh yeah i was like what do you mean you don't remember no (laughs) we remember i received some really sad news last week and i was not okay Mm -hmm. and i had to let myself be not okay yeah and i was at work like i was at school yeah and cried on and which i'm sure probably every teacher listening has done at some point cried all prep period excuse me but in years past prior to reading this book Mm -hmm. I would have distracted myself you know I would have pushed it off and not let myself feel those feelings Mm -hmm. but boy did I let myself feel those feelings well and then can I ask you because this was with me Carter and Anna yeah did we the did we do okay? I hate to say it like this, but did we do okay in like supporting you while you were just letting it out? Yeah. Cuz like I didn't think about this, but like it there are times where it's like if someone's crying, sometimes you just don't know what to do. And so I was mm-hmm. like we asked you more questions on like why you were worried or mm-hmm. why you were sad rather than trying to distract yeah. you I think is how we responded and everyone yes you guys did the perfect thing asking me why questions because mm-hmm. then I really got to get to the root of like what my concern was yeah <clears throat> sorry that I keep trying to clear my throat um but I was able to like discover what my biggest fear was, which I think helped my recovery yeah. exponentially because I came back the next day still upset. Yeah. But like I let myself feel and feel and just dig. Mm-hmm. And you guys didn't. No one distracted me. Yeah. <clears throat> there were like nice comments brought forth, which were super nice. But sometimes like in that moment, you don't need to hear yeah, like the niceties. Yeah. Um, but it was just nice to be like, okay, like, what is your biggest fear? Like, what are you concerned about? Mm -hmm. And it was a follow up of, well, if this does happen and if that is your worst case scenario, like these steps will be taken yeah, so that that won't happen to you again, Mm -hmm. which was really, really nice. (laughs) But even as an adult, like I needed to feel all of that. Mm -hmm. And then when my prep period was up, I had to pull on my, like, what is it that saying? Pull up your bootstraps. Oh, I was going to say put on your big girl panties. Yeah, put on my big girl (laughs) panties. And I did. I had to wipe my tears and and teach. teach. And I did. And it was great. And I did tell my students prior to the lesson, I just said, hey, I want you to know that I have received some news and I am upset. Mm -hmm. I am okay. And my job at this moment is to model for you what it looks like to overcome things that like you're not necessarily okay with. No, that's good. And they don't know what the news was. And they, one student did ask, she was like, are you okay? Like, what was the news? I was like, you don't have to worry about what the news was. Everything is okay. And I am fine. But 
like just know that I'm not gonna be my happy go lucky yeah, <laughs> as like, I normally I'm am during best, history. But. <laughs> yeah. But even in this situation, and as it says in the book, like being listened to feels so good. Yeah. So good. It does. One more quick tangent. Like I was at coffee this morning, obviously, because what else would I do on a Sunday morning besides get coffee? Coffee. From four, who's going to sponsor us eventually because I go there way too often. And now you have their hat. And now I'm wearing their hat for the second day in a row because I don't want to wash my hair. Mm. Um, There was this young, I assume college age child. Yeah. child college <laughs> age child Jeez, i'm not that old oh my gosh college age to say that human yes boy man man boy man <laughs> figure and this was a person he was studying something with sports and something with psychology and he was like sports psychology no 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 no. it wasn't together he was like oh. i want to do something with sports like, but i'm in a psychology a class it sounds like he's just in his prereqs mm. um but he was like, I want to take a psychology class and I might minor in it because yada, yada, yada. Anyway, the point of the story, it's a very long story being, he said, and I'm sitting like three to six feet away from him. Mm-hmm. I hear him say, yeah, people just want to be listened to, like genuinely listened to. Accurate. And I was like, sir, whoever you are, you'll make a great husband one day Mm -hmm. because it's true. Like people just want to be heard Mm -hmm. and not even like necessarily understood, but just heard. Yeah. Like just hear me out. Yeah. So anyway, off my tangents. What are we talking about? (laughs) Are we on? Distraction. 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 (laughs) (laughs) It's fine. Um, but it feels good to know that you're not in a situation alone. Likewise, when you distract a child from their emotions and prevent them from discovering that emotions are okay, you deny them the chance to learn how to regulate their emotions and you take away the opportunity for them to learn to handle a difficult situation because you're telling them to basically turn a blind eye. Yeah. Like don't feel those feelings. Which you definitely should feel all the feelings. We say that all the and time. And I have that been be more. Motto. It should be our motto. Feel the feelings. Feel the feelings. It's but it's true. Like I've now taken a step back and like thought through like, oh, my student needs to feel this in this moment. And like mm-hmm. I need to like let it happen and I need to stay here and be a physical presence. Yeah. But like she just needs to cry it out, mm-hmm. you know. So um, perhaps the most important Distraction encourages children to contain their emotions, which leads to two different responses. Mm. And I think it can, one human can do both responses. If Does that make sense to you? So like, let me just tell you both responses and then it'll make sense. So one response to holding in or distracting from their emotions is internalization. So they turn their big feelings inward. Mm -hmm. This results in low self-esteem, anxiety, depression, could be related to eating disorders, substance abuse, self-harm, and even suicide um, in the extreme. On the opposite hand, it could result in externalization, which projects big feelings outward, Mm -hmm. um, resulting in aggression, violent behavior, both physical and and verbal and I guess what I was trying to say was like one human Mm -hmm. student child what have you can show both of these responses to being distracted from their feelings so like I have a student who externalizes Mm -hmm. her emotions like big feelings big feelings physical verbal both but there's also times where she internalizes it. Yeah. And I see that also happening inside of her head. You know, like yeah. you just hear it come out. <clears throat> so just, yeah, be cognizant of that and let your students or children feel the feels. Feel them feels. Feel them feelings. <laughs> I'm telling you, let's get a sticker. Feel the feelings. We should. <gasps> that should be our first merch. Merch? Merch? Question mark? <laughs> would y'all buy that? Hey, let us I know. I would. I'll put it on my laptop. Feel the feelings. Feel the feelings. I like it. Do you think that's trademarked? I don't know. Let's look it up. 
All right, cool. So, <laughs> <laughs> moving on. You, you looked that up. Um, kind of part two of this episode is talking about potential gentle discipline methods if done well. I'm going to put that emphasize if done well. Okay. Because you can do it wrong yeah. and it will not be an effective long-term mm. solution. Okay. It'll be a quick fix. Gotcha. So, one thing that we already have an episode on and you should absolutely listen to is praise. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what episode it is. Ooh, I could look it I up. I got you. I got you. you. Look Ready? It up. Five, four, three. <laughs> Give me two. Wait, do you really have it up? One, episode 10. <coughs> oh, I was going to say 15. I think mm-hmm. I already said that number. Was, okay, cool. 10. Go listen to episode 10. And it's all about praise because praise is a hit or miss. You can do it well and rock praise and it would work but you could also do it very very wrong and yeah. can and it will have really bad effects yeah on and a i child. think we said it in the episode is like you don't realize that there is a wrong way to praise there it, is there you can do it incorrectly and mm-hmm. so um yeah listen to that episode because yeah. it's really helpful to know what you should and shouldn't do and because we have an episode on it i'm just going to do like a very snippet overview okay so praise does not teach a child anything um if used a child if used like if praise is used mm-hmm. um nope nope <laughs> restart restart if a child is used to okay. not used yes. same word okay used to receiving a great amount of praise they may become more needy okay. <laughs> um and their self-esteem may become reliant on the opinion of others especially mm-hmm those who are praising them yeah it's kind of like a reward right if you take it away if you stop praising like Mm -hmm. are they going to keep the behavior we don't know are they going to be impacted by it probably Mm. so use praise with care and caution it can be a useful discipline tool if used right um but can also not be done well in order to do it well praise should be specific it should be effort-based it should have changeable qualities, which means basically the child has to be able to have the power to change whatever you're praising. Mm-hmm. So you should not be praising their looks. Mm-hmm. You should not be praising their intellect. It should be something that they can strive for. Effort-based. Effort-based. Yes. Yep. A growth mindset is mm-hmm. what you're trying to develop. Yeah. Um. Praise can be like sports casting where you're just commenting. So the book's example is, ooh, Ben's building a really big, big tower, one, two, three blocks high. Like you're mm-hmm. just giving a play by play. Yeah. Just <laughs> which works. What they're doing, yeah. Yeah. Praise can be like asking questions, which shows interest in what they're doing. Or praise can be um, descriptive, mm. which is what we aim for as teachers um complimenting students on effort like oh i've noticed you're putting a lot of work into your penmanship i noticed that all your letters are on the baseline long sentence but specific tells them how to keep it up yes basically um effective praise is not good job or well done you can't stop at that because they have no idea what they have done well yeah <laughs> i almost <laughs> i almost like compared it to training our dogs i was kind of gonna say were you thinking of that too yeah because you do like you have to be very specific when you even train a dog you know when they sit you say yes and you reward for whatever that behavior was Mm -hmm. obviously dogs are not humans (laughs) and i'm not giving my child a treat every time they sit but (laughs) you know what i mean like you have to be specific Mm -hmm. otherwise they have no idea what you're talking about yeah (sighs) another potential gentle discipline that could work if you do it well. Mm-hmm. Consequences. Oh boy. There's a fine line. There is a fine line between effective consequences that teach children to do better and how to be better and those that make them feel bad without necessarily teaching them anything, which is due to their inability to think Sorry. critically, analytically, and hypothetically. So two types, logical mm-hmm. and illogical. Illogical consequences have no direct co- correlation between the child's problem, behavior, whatever's happening, and what the parent or teacher is posing as a consequence. So, for example, 
Oh, like punishment doesn't fit the crime. Yes. Okay. Exactly. Cool. So, um, a child draws on the wall. Mm-hmm. Punishment is. Lose I'm thinking recess. school. No yeah. recess. Yeah. Crime doesn't match the punishment. Mm-hmm. Um, a child steals something. They don't go to Lunch recess. <laughs> I like how it's always like recess. I, I was like, don't like lunch detention. Yeah, punishment that, doesn't fit the crime. But um, unfortunately, if the consequence is not clearly directed to the behavior, the child isn't going to be able to understand what went wrong. Yeah. It has to be direct. Mm-hmm. Um, punishing children with illogical consequences. Oh boy! Oh, it's playtime. <laughs> hey boys. Not outside. Hey, we're busy. Thank you. Um, <laughs> children that are punished with illogical consequences are likely to feel resentment toward their parents mm. or their teachers, which I think is totally true when the crime doesn't or the punishment doesn't fit the crime. Yeah. Um, and they often lead to judgmental and lack of compassion mm. acts. Yes. Logical consequences, however, are what you can do if you do them well, they can be effective. Okay. So consequences that are logical work with children, not against them. Mm-hmm. They're free of judgment and they actually aid in decision making and learning. Okay. So the child can see the correlation between what they did and how it affects them. Mm-hmm. You drew on the walls, you can clean the walls. Here's a sponge. Have fun. <laughs> you put your feet on the theater chairs. You get to clean the theater chairs. You steal, you get to buy something. <laughs> you steal, you get to go buy replace it and replace it, it with yeah. your own money. Mm-hmm. You know, it has to correlate what the child is or the human even yeah. is doing. Um, I feel like there's not always going to be that always. perfect consequence, but you want to try and match it the best you can to right. what they did. Right. And... You and I were talking earlier this week mm-hmm. about when behaviors repeat themselves. Yes. So, even after a, a logical consequence has correct. been right. given. Yeah. So like, for example, in my classroom, um, I had a student steal a treat mm-hmm. of mine um, back on my desk. It was kind of like in my area. It was off her plate. <laughs> uh, and a student <laughs> ate off my plate of food. Uh-huh. Um, the parents addressed the behavior mm-hmm. and gave a punishment which i felt was like semi fitting yeah and then the child went and did that again the fall well, a couple weeks later yeah so it was this this week that it happened mm-hmm. and they stole a snack from the I cabinet like this, <laughs> i was gonna say i feel like this one was even worse because she had to actually go into your cabinet Correct. to take what she took yeah and so um in this case, the child missed out on our field trip mm-hmm. and the school's daddy-daughter dance. Yeah. Which, at first, I was telling Skylar, like, oh, I don't think the punishment fits the crime. Mm-hmm. Like, I just don't see how missing a field trip correlates with stealing. And then I convinced her otherwise. But then as we started <laughs> talking, we were like, okay, this is a repeated offense. Yes. It's growing mm-hmm. and it's severity. Yeah. Um, and no remorse was kind of felt in that Initially, moment of yeah. being addressed. And yeah. so I was like, okay, I think you kind of have to learn through tough love sometimes. And, and that's the thing. Two things that she was really excited about were taken away from her. Correct. And I, and who knows? We, we don't know yet. This just happened on Friday. So it's like, right. who knows if she learned from it. Right. But like in my mind, I think that has to hit home of like, I should not have done that because now I lost the field trip and mm-hmm. a fun dance that I was going to go to. And I was saying this to Taylor as well. There is a family that I babysit for and he, the, the child in third grade, he said that he studied for a test and he didn't and he failed. 
Right. And he then wasn't allowed to go to his own football game. And he was very bummed because he loves football so much. Right. And I know natural consequences failing. Well, that's what I was wondering. Did he feel any? I don't know know if if he he genuinely felt bad about failing the test because it's kind of like, oh, that sucks. But then then the additional like now I can't play in my it was I think it was more the lying about Mm. that he studied Mm -hmm. because he didn't actually. So there are times where I think that that is appropriate. Right. But that's maybe just my opinion and you know you don't want to take certain things away from your children but I think that to me seems like a logical consequence because I think that at least in this case he learned from it right and And he hasn't done it so he's going to now study for those tests so depends on the child depends on the family depends on the situation but I think that that was appropriate yeah absolutely and I hope that she learns from it and yeah we don't have to continue proceed yeah Yeah. so each logical consequence is a learning opportunity and it helps children make sense of how the world works um when it's applied firmly and fairly or it needs to be applied Mm -hmm. firmly and fairly and with compassion always which goes back to love and logic yeah i was gonna say (laughs) so yeah you definitely need to be aware that you are raising or teaching a human being (laughs) and they're gonna make mistakes yes Um, logical consequences rely on a child having a fairly good grasp of logical thought and they also need to have like a degree of hypothetical thought which doesn't necessarily happen until puberty so my kinder teachers out there below I would say even first grade and below Mm -hmm. be aware that yes you should be doing logical consequences as much as possible but they might not understand it yet Mm -hmm. they say at a seven years old they can start to understand logical consequence mm. so about our our grade second yeah. grade is when they can start to associate those things um, but the more involvement that the child has with the consequence the better lo- learning opportunity will be yeah so like sometimes when things happen at school we like to do think sheets which i think we even talked about in that episode mm. um, but if we haven't we can post them it lets them sit down and think about what they could have done better Mm -hmm. and what they would do next time in that situation and then if necessary they can put in a consequence for themselves Mm -hmm. which doesn't always work but a lot of the times when you have like parents that sit down and really hash it out with their kids and like discuss what happened Mm -hmm. you could have some really good consequences that they learn from yeah even if it is writing a letter Mm -hmm. to somebody you know yeah which We just mentioned natural consequences very briefly. Yeah. But natural consequences act um, as a natural result of something that the child has done. I love (laughs) natural consequences. They're probably my favorite. Yeah, whenever they come up. Which (laughs) we mentioned this last time. But so I'm that teacher. If a child leans in their seat and falls out of their chair... More power to you. Yeah, Yeah, that's your problem, not mine. Given I intervene if they are going to be like severely hurt, obviously. That's when I step in and I'm like, um, yeah, no, you are going to get hurt and you can't do that. So other than that though, like if they're just leaning and they're gonna just bump over, yeah, it's fine. See, I can't because I find that no matter there are certain kids that it's just an, a habit. So no matter what, I've even if they fall and hit their head and they get hurt, the next day they're still leaning in their chair. So it's like sometimes natural consequences aren't always going to work, but <laughs> you want to try and get them. Oh, gosh. Sorry. It's playtime. I'm trying to like throw the toy out <laughs> of the room, but clearly it's not working. Hold it's on. It's fine. I'm going to pause. Okay, we're back. <laughs> Short intermission. My Playtime dogs had to play. So <laughs> what did I do? I chucked the toy out of the room. <laughs> anyway, we were talking about natural consequences. Yes. And chairs and whatnot. Yeah. Um, but natural consequences are not selected by the parent nor the child. They're natural. They are automatic <laughs> and natural. Fast responses that carry it an element of risk. Mm. And it's this risk when it happens that shapes the child's behavior. Um, obviously you have to be cognizant of <laughs> what the risk is yeah. and if it's too much you need to intervene yes um, but due to the risks involved natural consequences need to be carefully considered like I was just saying 
in relation to the child's age, generally they are not suitable for the children under the age of three. Yeah. So like, don't let your little baby, <laughs> one-year-old, go towards a pool. <laughs> go toward. Oh yeah, that's no. Don't do that. Yeah. Um. They can be used to help children learn, but only in situations where the risk is appropriate and safe, like we were saying, and should be allowed to happen only if they directly involve the child and nobody else. I think that's really important as well. Like Mm -hmm. no other child nor human should. It shouldn't affect. yeah, Yeah, it shouldn't affect anyone else. So I'm trying to flip through this book with one hand. Here we go and read some of the natural consequences that are okay. (laughs) at least in Sarah's eyes (laughs) so um here's some that may be appropriate for children over the age of three chasing a bee could result in a sting obviously like not if they're allergic (laughs) yeah allergic um yeah not ideal but is what it is touching a hot radiator will hurt the hands obviously not super hot yeah (laughs) playing with a bouncy ball close to a drain the ball may be lost forever not putting a cold a coat on in the cold weather they might catch a cold carter's really good about this like when the kids go out to recess she fair warns them get your jacket Mm -hmm. and then if they don't have it like you snooze you lose kind of thing you're gonna be cold so you better start running laps or something (laughs) um saying something mean they might be excluded by their friends that's a very apparent Mm -hmm. one not putting shoes on when playing in the yard and they step on a thorn or in arizona a cactus (laughs) Um, playing with a cookie too close to a swimming pool, which I think is hilarious. Playing with a cookie? <laughs> like, who's playing with a cookie? You should just eat it. <laughs> Let's be real. I guess children but, hey, play with it. I guess food. children play with it. Um, it might fall into the water and be inedible. Playing with your favorite electric toy in the toilet. Oh. The toy will no longer work, yeah. obviously. Okay. Also, if it's electric, like, make sure it's not going to shock, shock them. them. Yeah. Running too fast down a hill, they might fall over. Not keeping still when the cat's falling asleep, the cat jumps off their lap. Or not putting a hood or using, putting up a hood or using an umbrella in the rain, they'll get wet. So, like, those are all fine. Ones that you are, like, they're just too risky Mm -hmm. are putting hands in a fire, obviously. Yes. Running in the road, Mm. obviously. Touching knives, obviously like all of these are very obvious yeah running near the edge of a swimming pool or annoying a dog like you just you need to be aware of the risk that the natural consequence has and obviously if it's too high of a risk remove your child from the situation yeah bottom line plain and simple last but not least positive consequences okay which we enjoy yes always we do Positive consequences can happen when a child behaves in a desirable way and is rewarded by an unplanned natural outcome. Yeah. Unplanned is key word. Skylar was just saying she's waiting for the opportunity. <laughs> Hopefully they're not listening. Oh, I forget. <laughs> oh, man. I have like three students I know for sure. Listen. Darn. Don't tell your friends. Don't tell them. <laughs> um, but she's waiting for the opportunity when they all turn in their homework. And they can go to extra recess. Yeah. Like I will surprise my kids with that every now and again when they have like really good lines or if they all turn in homework, yeah. I'll do it. Um, I did it when Mr. Nice was gone for mm-hmm. like when he was out with COVID. I had five days um, by myself and I they were just so good for yeah. me. Working like, so the hard. The whole time. Just so good for me by myself. And I rewarded them with like a ice cream popsicle, whatever party it was. Um, and that's totally fair. Yeah. And it wasn't like a, hey, if you guys do this for me, uh-huh. I will give it's you this. It's not an if then reward. It was a, hey, thank you guys so much. Here is yeah. something I that I would love to you. give to you. Well, and then Carter this week did a fancy lunch. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure it was something around the same premise of yeah. like, y'all have you. been working so hard. I've noticed how X, Y, and Z, like you get this. Yeah, It's an unplanned thing. So the use of positive consequences can reinforce and strengthen positive behavior. But again, be careful because if it's planned, then it becomes a reward mm-hmm. and and it becomes a short term fix, which yeah. never works long term, <laughs> as we know. Yes. So here's the deal. Mm. We are at an hour and I don't want to prolong an episode, yeah. especially because this next part which is based on school discipline Mm -hmm. is something that 
I think you and I both feel really passionate about. Yes. And it lends for a great conversation. Mm-hmm. So if you're it. down, mm-hmm. we can do, we'll end here. Yeah. And then we'll maybe do like a little mini so to release. Hey y'all, mini so. Do you want to do that? Yeah, let's do that. Okay. So that because I don't want to rush through. Like you said, this next part is a full chapter on school discipline, and for those teachers obviously listening, like this is very helpful. So I don't think you want an hour and a half episode. No, <laughs> absolutely not. But so, it is like it's good like media information yeah, so we'll that I think little... needs to be said and needs to be heard by both parents and teachers because Mm -hmm. it talks a lot about like what's going wrong and how do we come out of this yeah how do we improve which I think is the key part to our podcast is we tend to present problems but there's always a solution Mm -hmm. you know it's like how do I come out of this better than I I found it yeah so you guys get a little mini so this week let's do it okay then let's end let's do our our positive yeah I'm trying to remember I think this is the positive I said last time when we recorded this episode. Um, I have been, you know, just based on my Love Languages episode, I have started writing um, like handwritten Mm, notes to each of my students. I do one per day if I can. I'm trying to time it out to make sure everybody gets one by the end of the year. Um, I'm on number six, I think. Oh, you'll um, make it. There's like 50 some days. Yeah, Yeah. I'll have plenty of time, especially like I'll miss a few days here and there, but I've done one through six so far and it's just a handwritten note of like I feel so lucky to have you in my class um, and just something like personalized. So I'm really honestly trying to see like whose love language might be words of affirmation. Mm -hmm. Um, So far out of the six I've gotten three parent responses of like thank you so much for this note like they loved it whatever it might be so it does kind of show me who Mm -hmm. um whose love language is words of affirmation um and yeah so that's kind of my positive I've really enjoyed doing that and then also sorry I have another one we had a field trip on Friday (laughs) never be sorry and I I don't know if this parent listens, but if they do, hi. Um, I took a picture of their daughter at the field trip and she had like Cheeto hands. Like, oh my gosh, that was so funny. The red fingers and the red mouth. So I took a picture of her and I just like truly adore this, this student. She's had some problems this, this year just socially, but like, she's such a sweetheart. So I texted her mom and dad that picture and I was just like, thank you so much. Like, I just really appreciate her and I really adore her and they were saying like they obviously respond and they were like first and foremost like we adore you we are so lucky to have you as her teacher um and she's like basically like word on the street (laughs) because like with all the parents there she was like I was talking to a lot of the parents and it and she's like I don't know if your ears were ringing that day but like a lot of parents were talking about how much they feel lucky that their child is in your class so so and I texted her back I was like you know what I've really discovered that words of affirmation is my love language this year because mm-hmm. when a parent tells me anything positive like it automatically just it lights that it. fire back and, up it and does. I told her too because that morning that same student came, just came up to me and said Miss Marais I'm really glad that I'm in your class this year just no reason just came up and said that so I was like you know what that's it like I'm not, that's it well and I guess this will be let me ask yeah was that all yeah am I interrupting Sorry. you no, I didn't want to interrupt you no that's my two and a no, half positives I don't know how perfect. many positives that is but that's a lot <laughs> well it's funny that you say that because like I too have especially with students yep. and parents mm-hmm. but like words of affirmation especially in written form yeah go really really far mm-hmm. and I had two students which I don't think like spoke to each other about doing it okay but both wrote notes to me this week and mm. were like I'm really grateful to have you as a teacher yeah. thank you for teaching me history like I love history <laughs> and um one of them wrote like I'm so glad I'm in your class <laughs> she's like I know that there's some bumps to overcome because like we had a really hard week last week yeah <clears throat> I had a conversation or we had a conversation with a specialist teacher and my class is a hard class yeah <laughs> I was like we've got to get it together guys like just trying to pump them up and like get them mm-hmm. through quarter four while still withstanding my high expectations yeah. but she's like I know that we can do it I was Aww, like why that's good. why are you so 
Mm, she just I want to squeeze both of them yeah. hearts of gold like just beautiful beautiful souls they give us life oh, they, they do. do give us life they give me life um but my one from last week was the auction that oh, we had attended right. I am so stinking grateful for our community and for our parents our that just parent, go above. Sir, our organization is amazing they just go above and beyond and I am so grateful for every single thing they do for us Mm -hmm. so thank you for supporting us and just every single thing that you do yeah we get bathrooms on the recess field which is huge for those of you i don't know how other schools work but when we have recess we have to send our kids back into the building for the bathrooms and it's a nightmare and it's far and it takes up their recess and whatever but they announced on wednesday that they're gonna add bathrooms to the recess field and are they recorded the reaction of all the teachers (laughs) it's so nerdy it's the nerdiest (laughs) thing i think dr jeffries was saying that they recorded her reaction yeah. and like the people were like, why are you so excited about bathrooms? It's like, you have no, no idea. You have no idea. You don't know until you know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It <laughs> so, was yeah. like the biggest blessing. We're so so thank you to everyone who went to the auction, donated to the auction, participated in the auction. Like, mm-hmm. Oh, that's incredible. true. Because our, so we put up on, in the auction, we put up a spot, a guest spot for one our podcast. student. Yep. So we're going to get to have a student on our podcast and that raised some good money yes, for the auction. Yes, a student from my classroom, I which know. I am, oh my gosh. That's so exciting. She told me on Friday on the field trip and she was like, Miss Brown, I got your podcast spot. <laughs> and like, her face, oh my gosh, she was so excited. So maybe like, we'll start taking suggestions on. Yeah, that. what do you want to know about this student? No, should we do like a little interview? Like how should we go about it? We're not 100% sure what we're going to do yet. Yeah. So any suggestions would be fantastic it's gonna be so cool i'm really looking forward to it yeah. so all right that's where we'll end people and then stay tuned for the mini-sode coming later this week on school discipline cool all right we love you thanks all peace y- out oh y'all. oh rate review subscribe send Follow your us. teacher um teacher tales to the b- 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 teacher tales <laughs> please we need more um i think we have like a decent amount a to few, do another yeah. episode but we would love more yes um so if you have any sort of teacher tale on something funny something happy something whatever yeah. in your classroom i think last time we were talking about if you had a ghost in your classroom I that want, would be so I cool ghost stories from classrooms that'd be so cool i have a ghost story from my high school <gasps> I'll you tell that say, next yeah. time. Um, so please send those to us at um, at gmail.com. We'll take any suggestions. We got a really kind email from someone that listens. Shout out to you. I don't I know wonder, if you want to be named. I don't I'm know if so she wants to be named, but that you. was so cool for us. That was our first email from like a non I don't know Insa- like someone that we know someone that we know there we go. yeah so yeah. It sh- it's somebody that we didn't know and she listened so hi so thank you for sending us that email so cool. especially after our episode bombed last week I know um was that was that I think lifted us up a lot Definitely. from that email so thank you for that um yeah. but yeah and then follow us at on Instagram teachers underscore talk underscore podcast catch you next time yeah goodbye